0: Well, what's up, Element Church? So thankful you are all here today. I do want to say hello to the many people who are joining us on video, whether in our lobby or on the Internet somewhere. And today we started broadcasting live on Facebook. Nobody knew about it, but I was just told that 750 people have tuned in on Facebook, which is amazing. So. um That doesn't mean you can leave and go watch on Facebook, though. You're already here. you got to stay. If you're new here, my name is Jeff Maness. I'm the lead pastor here at Element Church. And just, again, so thankful that you've chosen to spend some time with us today. Before we dive into the last sermon in a series called Mythbusters, I just want to give you an update on the financial picture of our church. About every quarter or so, uh, I try to take some time either in the offering or before the message Let's just share with you where we're at with our giving and with our budget. And it makes it a lot easier for the pastor to do this when we have such generous people and when God has provided for us so abundantly. So this is one of those things that we can celebrate. It's a good thing. So uh, it's on the screens. Here's our our weekly budget need for 2016. It's $28,557. So far, you have generously given on a weekly basis... $34,028 which comes to an overage of $87,535 which is awesome. And we should celebrate that, which is celebrate that God is faithful to provide everything we need and beyond. Amen. And uh the, the excess, that money over budget is a blessing because then with that we're able to do things in certain ministries uh that didn't get everything they asked for in their budget. Or we are also paying down debt on our the principal payments of our loan, and we put some of that into cash reserves. So God's been faithful, you've been faithful, and I'm so thankful for a generous church that takes seriously being good stewards of what God's given them. As I said, today is the last Sunday in a sermon series called Mythbusters, and each week in the series we've looked at one statement or one thing that many people believe, but when you compare it with scripture, it just isn't true. It is a myth. And the five myths we've looked at so far, starting on Easter Sunday are faith fixes everything, everything happens for a reason, Forgiveness means forgetting. Christians shouldn't judge. Let your conscience be your guide. And then this week is the last one. So if you've missed any of those messages, one of them kind of stands out to you, or you want to share a message with somebody, you can do that on our website uh, or through the free Element Church app if you want to download that as well. Recently, I had an encounter with my teenage son. Uh, My son recently came to me and said these words. I'm pretty sure I can beat you in a race now. And I said, a foot race? And he said, yeah. Now, I've shared with you before the competitive nature in my spirit, right? That my motto is there is no second place, only the first loser. Who's with me on the competitive? Okay, so there is, so, so I'm, I'm even so competitive that I don't let my kids win when they are competing with me in anything. Like I am, if I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play to win. There's no other reason to play unless you are going to try to win. And so I said, Are you sure you want to do this? And this is what I tell him when he wants to compete with me. This is more than you can handle, son. It's more than you can handle. It's like, Yeah, I'm sure, Dad. I'm, I'm, I want to do this. I said, Okay, I'm going to record the race. So there's proof of the beatdown your 41 year old dad is going to put on his son. He said, I don't care. I said, Okay, if you lose, I will put it on Instagram and quite possibly make it a sermon illustration. He said, okay, let's race. And so I gathered up the family. I asked Mariah, our second oldest child, if she would be the finish line. She was standing with her arms out like this. First one to touch her hand would be the winner. I gave Jada, our youngest, my phone. I said, you record the evidence of the beatdown about to lay on your brother. My mother-in-law, we were at her house in Oklahoma at the time. My mother-in-law came out with her camera as well to document this classic father-son battle. My son was already talking trash as he does every time we compete in anything, even though he loses nearly every time. He was already making fun of me about how old I was, how bad my knees were, like it's gonna be funny when you fall down, all this kind of stuff. I was like, all right, son, let's get lined up. And so we got to the end of my uh, in-laws driveway and recorded this. You could hear my disgust, because I was running at such a blazing speed, my daughter put her hands in at the very last moment like this, <gasps> so there was no proof of who hit the hand first. You notice my other daughter did not pan the camera to catch the finish line, so there's actually no evidence of who won the race. But I got the last full screenshot, the full frame on the video, Get the last full frame. And look at this picture. We are stride for stride. You'll notice as you zoom in, my son's having the time of his life. I look at him about to die. (laughs) Please no. So we called it a tie, even though we all know I won. We called it a tie. And I now am convinced that's the last time I will ever race my son because the next time he will be more than I can handle, right? So so that idea of more than you can handle leads us into myth number six today. And myth number six is this. God will never give you more than you can handle. God will never give you more than you can handle. We've all heard that. And usually we, we use this myth. When we are facing a difficult time in life, a battle, a struggle, even a tragedy, and we say to ourselves or we'll say to someone else in the hopes of encouraging them, it's done with proper motives, even though it's probably not true, we say in the hopes of encouraging them or us, well, don't forget, God will never give you more than you can handle. Anybody who has kids knows that's not true, right? So so where does that come from? Why do we believe that God will never give us more than we can handle? Well, there's actually one verse in the Bible that after we read it here, you're going to see how easy it is to misunderstand the meaning of this one verse and really create a whole theology around it. It's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. It's on the screens. It says this, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. But notice, it doesn't say God will never give you more than you can handle. It says he will not allow the temptations in your life to be more than you can stand. But it's important to note why it's not more than we can stand. Because when we are tempted, God will show us a way out. So that we can endure so the emphasis is not on what I am able to do But on what god is able to do for me and what god is able to do through me if I trust in him So think about the statement god will never give you more than you can handle If god never gave us or allowed in our lives more than we could handle Why would we even need god? I mean, this thinking, this belief, if we're not careful, can lead to a very prideful theology. Where we can start to sound a lot like a certain son to a certain father in preparation for a foot race. We can start to say things in our spirit like, I can do anything. I can face anything. God will never give me more than I can handle. And yes, I know the verse that Tim Tebow puts on the shadow underneath his eyes. Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things. But what's the caveat? Through Christ who strengthens me. It's not in my power, but in the power of God through Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I've faced some things in life I couldn't handle on my own. Amen? Like my wife and I right now, we are facing some things that we have no idea what to do. No idea how to get through this. So what happens when you face something more than you can handle? Well, my hope is that it will lead us to look to the only one who can. And that's Jesus. That he is able to handle what's in our lives. This is one of the reasons why, church, I want so desperately... For people who don't believe in God to put their faith in him through Jesus, because more than our belief in heaven and how we get there, I believe that our faith in God through Jesus affects us on the earth today. That our faith in God through Jesus gives us the power and the ability and the strength and the hope to endure the most difficult situations of life. I say all the time, I don't know how people who don't believe in God get through life alone. I don't know how it's possible. And so if you're here today and you would say, that's me, like I don't currently put my faith in God through jesus then this is the perfect sunday for you to be here there's no other place that i would rather you be right here right now because i believe it is our faith in god through jesus that gets us through life's toughest situations And, and here's the thing your agreement with our belief Does not determine whether you are loved or not you are loved exactly the way you are but make no mistake about it Our number one hope prayer and desire is that you would at some point Whether today or somewhere down the road would put your faith in god through jesus for he is all that will get you through this life Is jesus So here's the big idea for today It's on the screens if you want to write it down. It will drive the rest of the message, and it's this. If we never faced more than we could handle, we wouldn't need any faith in the only one who can. If we never faced more than we could handle, we wouldn't need any faith in the only one who can. So there's times God allows. I don't think he necessarily causes it. But he allows difficult things to come our way. So if he allows it, then he's got to have a goal to accomplish in that. So here's the big question that we're going to ask and hopefully help answer. What is God's goal when we face too much? What's God's goal when we face too much? I think he has one. The main scripture is 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 11. If you're using version, which is a free Bible app, you can download it for free from any app store. If you're using that on the events section, you can follow along. All the scriptures and notes will be on uh, your app there at Element Church WY. If you don't own a Bible, you can use version or ask for one at guest services. We'll give you one. Otherwise, all the scriptures are on the screens here. Second Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is just really a man. His name was What used to be Saul, he was radically saved. God renamed him Paul, and he became an evangelist, so we call him the Apostle Paul. He wrote the majority, really, of the New Testament portion of the Bible. And here in Second Corinthians, Paul is writing a letter to a group of Christians in a town called Corinth, and they were facing difficult times in life. They were facing more than they could handle. So Paul addresses that here, 2 Corinthians 1, starting... We're going to jump to verse 8 and come back to the beginning portion here at the end. So 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 and 9. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. Now, we don't know exactly what it was. Paul faced many things in Ephesus. We don't know what he was referring to. But whatever it was, it was enough for him to make this next statement about what they were going through. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. So God allowed them to face more than they could handle. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact... We expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only, everyone say only, only only on God who raises the dead. If we never faced more than we could handle, we wouldn't need any faith in the only one who can. So what's God's goal When we face too much, there's three things we're going to see in this passage. Here's the first one that Paul alludes to. He wants to point us back to Him. To point us back to Him. In verse 9, Paul said this. I'm going to reread what we already read. But as a result, because we were allowed to face more than we could handle on our own, as a result of that, we stopped relying on ourselves... And learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. That Paul was saying, we were pointed back to God. To the one who could allow us, give us the strength to endure. Now, I never noticed this before, but in my preparation for this message, this was huge to me. That Paul didn't say, we learn to rely on the God who can keep us from dying. But we learn to rely on the God who raises the dead. That's different than keeping someone from dying. That, that he said we were facing something so difficult that we believed we were going to die. But even if we died, we know he, if he wanted to, could bring us back to life. Like, hello, I want that kind of faith in God, church. I want the kind of faith that when I face more than I can handle, I'm not just putting my faith in the one who can keep bad things from happening. I'm putting my faith in the one who has the power to raise dead people back to life. We sang about this in that song, Resurrecting. It has become my new favorite song. By your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name, I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King has resurrected me. That's preaching in a song that we sang that should resonate in our hearts. But, but here's a question that I had to ask myself while I was preparing for the message. And in this moment of, I want a faith like that, the Lord just convicted my spirit. Okay, So here's the question that I had to ask myself, and I'm going to pose to you. Am I as desperate for God to move in my life when things are going well, as I am when things are going bad? Because when things are going bad, Right? It's, it's easy to come running to God for rescue, is it not? Like even people who say they don't believe in God, when they face horrible things in life, they cry out to Him. They start praying when things are bad. But what about when things are going good? Am I desperate for God? Desperate for Him when things are good? <laughs> you see, I believe it's the difficult things we are allowed to face that focus our faith on Him. So that when we go through seasons where we don't need need as much faith, we don't lose our faith in him. That our our faith remains the same in seasons of good and plenty or in seasons of lack, of, of tragedy. If we never faced more than we can handle, we wouldn't need any faith in the only one who can. So what's God's goal when I face too much? Well, I think when I face too much, he's saying, you know what? I'm pointing you back to me. I'm pulling you back to me. I'm refocusing your attention, or at least giving me an opportunity to do that. Then, verse 10, Paul kind of tells the story. We faced more than we could handle, but God comes through for him, says this in verse 10 and he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. Notice the faith building in Paul's voice there that we thought we were going to die, but he saved us. And now we believe he'll do it again. We placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. So here's the second goal I think God has when we face too much. Number two, to prove himself to us. To point us back to him. To prove himself to us. Because here's the reality for those who believe, okay, for those who believe. When we face more than we can handle, I believe there's two things that God will potentially do to prove himself to us, okay, to build our faith in him. He will either rescue us from the problem, which is what he did for Paul, or he will give us the power to endure and peace with his presence as we walk through it. Both of those things prove himself to us, that he's able to change the circumstance, which he's able to, he doesn't always do that, or he's able to give us the power to endure the circumstance regardless of what it is. Both of those things prove his nature to us. Do you realize there are times that God intentionally allows the odds to be stacked against us in our life? That he intentionally allows the odds to be against us. To appear that there's no way out. And if you don't believe me, then you have not read the Bible. Like, read the Bible sometimes, especially in the Old Testament. Like, I'll just throw out some names, and you tell me, were the odds stacked against these people before God moved on their behalf? Noah. Huh. Build a boat. What's a boat? I'll show you. Odds stacked against Noah? Yes, they were stacked against Noah. Joseph. Moses. David. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Esther. Jesus. Were the odds stacked against Jesus? Better believe they were. So here's one. Gideon. This one's most fresh in my mind because I just read through the book of Judges. ...in my own personal devotions. If you don't know the story of Gideon, it would be a great story to read uh, this week in your own quiet time. It's in the book of Judges. I believe you, the, the gist of the stories in Judges 6, 7, and 8. Uh, it might be chapter 5 as well, I don't recall. But Judges 6, 7, and 8, you'll find the story of Gideon right in there. If you don't know, uh, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, they were coming under attack from the army of Midian. And the army of Midian had 135,000 soldiers... So God calls Gideon out of a wine press where he was hiding threshing wheat And he called Gideon to lead the people of Israel against the army of Midian So Gideon rallied the troops and they pulled together 32,000 Israelite soldiers Which with 32,000 would have been quite a feat To have 32,000 defeat 135,000 uh, Midianite soldiers But God told Gideon 32,000s too many now, Gideon didn't say this, but I can almost guarantee you I would have. Too many! Like, we have, they have 135,000! We have 32,000. Like, God, I don't know if they teach math up in heaven, but that's a big difference! Like, are you sure? You ever find yourself telling God about all the odds that are stacked against you? Ever find yourself trying to inform God of how bad your life is? God, don't you know what I'm facing? God, don't you know what I'm going through? God, don't you see all the odds stacked against me? This is more than I can handle, okay? This is convicting for me, so maybe it is for someone else as well. But it's almost like we expect God to be surprised at what we are informing Him of. Like, oh my me. (laughs) I, I had no idea you were going through that. Like, I had not thought of that. Like, this is such a surprise. Like, you, you saved me from a catastrophe. Like, Peter, Gabriel, come over here. You'll never believe what Jeff taught me today. So Gideon, 32,000. God said, that's too many to defeat 135,000. So he whittled it down to 10,000 soldiers. And God said, that's still too many. Got down to 300 soldiers. And God told Gideon, with these 300 men, I'll rescue you and give you victory over the Midianite army. Now, why did God get all the way down to 300 people? Well, it tells us. Judges 7, verse 2, God says this to Gideon. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. If I never let you face more than you can handle, you wouldn't need any faith in the only one who can. That's what God was saying to Gideon. So he allowed them to face more than they could handle to prove himself to the entire nation of Israel. That's exactly what he did with 300 men. They chased and plundered 135,000 soldiers of Midian and the whole nation of Israel was turned back to God and believed in him. I firmly believe there are times that God allows the odds to be stacked against us so that When he comes through, none of the credit goes to us. All of the credit goes back to God. But look at this. I never put this together until thinking with the lens of this message. After that victory, you read Judges, which I encourage you to do. keep reading past chapter 8. There was peace in the land for 40 years. So they went through a season where they didn't need as much faith. Okay? And what happened when they didn't need as much faith? Judges 8, 33 and 34 tells us, As soon as Gideon died, the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping the images of Baal, making Baal beareth their God. They forgot the Lord their God, who would rescued them from all their enemies surrounding them. So you know what God did when they forgot him? If you keep reading Judges... He allowed them to face more than they could handle and proved himself to them all over again. In fact, if you read the Old Testament specifically, that pattern is continuous. That they put their faith in God and they wander away. And they put their faith in God and they wander away. And every time they wandered away, he allowed them to face more than they could handle to bring them back to him, to prove himself. I am the one and only God. Put your faith in me. If we never faced more than we could handle, we wouldn't need any faith in the only one who can. So what's God's goal when I face too much to point me back to him, to prove himself to us that he will come through or he'll see us through one of those things. And then second Corinthians one 11, Paul says this, and you are helping us By praying for us Then many people Will give thanks Because God has graciously answered So many prayers For our safety That many people will give thanks Many people will praise God Or will put their faith in God Because of what God Has done through us So here's the third goal God has when you face too much And it's this To pave the way for others Point us back to him Prove Himself to us. Pave the way for others. You realize that the way we face things in life that we cannot handle, the way we approach those things, can actually pave the way for other people to put their faith in the only one who can? That the way we respond to life's toughest situations can be a light and a witness to those who don't believe. In fact, I've said this so many times from the pulpit. The greatest testimony of the power of God to an unbelieving world may not be the fact that God can stop difficult things from happening. I think the greatest testimony to God is that He can give us the strength to endure them every single time. Every time I face something difficult, I have a chance to be a light to the world around me and how I respond with my faith in God. I saved the first portion of the main scripture to close with today. So let me read 1 Corinthians 1 3 through 7. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. So that we can comfort others, pave the way for them. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. This is amazing, by the way. I got to share with you a story. Last Sunday in the lobby, I was talking with a mom from our church. Her name's Megan. And her family, this last year, has gone through an incredibly difficult time with one of their teenage sons who started to face uncontrollable and unexplainable seizures. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around someone when they have a seizure, but if you're not used to it, it's terrifying, okay? And they were going through this time and time again, which just couldn't even explain why he went into seizures. And it was overwhelming for this family, okay? Well, back in January, my daughter had a seizure, and we went to the ER with my daughter, and we were terrified of what's going on. And guess who showed up at the hospital to comfort us in all of our needs? Megan did. I know what you're going through. This is what we walked through with my son here. Here's some things that might be able to help you And then last week in the lobby she was telling me she said jeff There's another family in our church And now their child is facing the same thing our child was facing and we've come alongside them And we're just walking through this season with them, which is more than they can handle and I like lit up I probably scared her and i'm like, that's what i'm preaching next week And I'm like, now you got to hear it twice, but let me share it with you. And I pulled out my Bible app, and I read to her those verses that when when we are comforted, we can help other people who are going through the same things we went through. And I looked at Megan, and I said, Megan, you don't even know it, but you are living out Scripture. She started to cry. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. But I said, this is amazing. This is one of the reasons, one of the goals God has for us. That as we go through a difficult time when someone else faces something similar we can come alongside and say I know exactly how you feel Let me tell you how God worked in me and you're paving a road for other people to point back to him That God can prove Himself to us and then now they can pave the way for someone else. Isn't that good? And Paul said this For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it's for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. And then Paul went through and wrote everything we read first. Here's all the things that God wants to do in you when you face more than you can handle. So what's God's goal when I face too much? To Point me back to him, to prove himself to us, and to pave the way for others. So let me challenge us with something today. What if we started praying different prayers? Here's what I mean. I don't know if everybody does this, but here's how I often pray. I, I pray if prayers. God, if I ever face something more than I can handle. Is there any if with facing something that you cannot handle? No. It's what? When. It's when. It's coming. So what if we changed our prayers to God, when I face more than I can handle. I'm not asking for you to do that to me. But Lord, when you allow that to happen, would you please point me back to you? Remind me that you are the only source of my hope You are the only source of life You are the only source of strength in the midst of trouble And God when I face more than I can handle Would you prove yourself to me? Either by coming through on my behalf Or seeing me through with your presence And God when I face more than I can handle Would you help me pave the way for other people? Show me someone else in my life that so I can come alongside them and say, I know exactly how you feel. So let me tell you what God did for me. If we started praying when prayers, maybe, maybe we'd be more prepared when it happens instead of praying if prayers and then being caught off guard that something bad actually happened. I don't know why God allows bad things to happen. All I know is when we face more than we can handle, it requires us to put our faith in him, points us back to him. He will prove himself to us and pave the way for others. I love you guys. Thanks for being here today. Listen, if you, if you don't know Jesus as your savior, and you want to talk to somebody about that, please don't put it off. Find me in the lobby, talk to one of our prayer team members at the purple tent in the back of the auditorium, or find anybody with a red volunteer shirt on, and they will love to talk to you about your faith or get you to somebody who can. We don't want you to leave without talking to somebody about your faith in Jesus. Let me pray for you, and then remain seated. Pastor Brendan has some closing remarks. God, you're good. Your word is good. And Lord, I thank you. People say the Bible's not relevant. I can't imagine how that is not relevant to our lives today. That when we face what we cannot handle, God, point us back to you. Prove yourself to us and pave the way for others to put their faith in you. Lord, help us. Help us to be ready to endure. In Jesus' name, amen.